0: And welcome to Reptory Screenings, episode 96. I'm your host, Em, and with me is my regular host, Jackson. Hello. And Destiny. Hi. And we're back to talk about some fucking movies.
1: It's time for movies. Uh, Jackson, no, I'm going to you first because I don't think you have anything. No, I've been uh, game-moded and will be for the next two months as I have a lot of RPGs to play before February 28th. Yeah,
0: okay. It'd be nice if you could, like, uh, crowbar a movie in now and then. Um, I will hopefully do that a little bit more than I have been this week. All right. Destiny, um, go through your list because your list covers about half of my list. And then I've got like four more on top of that. So, okay. Well,
2: uh, two movies I don't really have much to say about that I did watch at Christmas uh, were uh, Gremlins and Gremlins 2. Classics. uh, Still hold up. Still a lot of fun still really racist um and enjoyed it uh the second one is a lot more charming than i
0: remember like i like the second one more than the first one i know yeah, this is no, like a it's it's like an opinion that has some weight but it's not the like the canonical opinion about those movies
2: yeah yeah they're definitely having more fun in the second movie and doing a lot of weirder stuff and uh making fun of the first movie in a lot of little ways and it's really fun like uh yeah I I think I enjoyed the second movie more and I I I believe I did as a child as well, um but yeah those are great Dick Miller is a hero, um mm-hmm. Phoebe Cates is adorable, um then we watched Barbie which we did, I actually okay so it's got a lot of problems let's start with <laughs> the problems, uh <laughs> it's it's very like uh you know it 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 tries to say that there's like a diverse definition of womanhood happening at the same time but it's also narrowing the definition of woman down to like a very specific thing at the same time and that's like probably mm well one of my bigger problems with it uh did you want to add in jump in <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean we've we've all watched Barbie. Jackson's never had not had a huge outlet to talk about Barbie
1: on a pod. Yeah, because you were gonna watch it. Um, Yeah, my memories of it was like because I told you like. It's funny. It's it's good. Funny. It's charming. It's
2: very funny. It's very charming.
1: I. I. Uh, charming.
2: As somebody who grew up playing with Barbies, I was like in heaven. <laughs>
1: but the 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 movie is like it's kind of hilariously dour. Like Barbie doesn't get to do any fun Barbie things in the movie ever. She's just having she, a bad time throughout. Ken she, Ken gets to do fun things constantly.
2: She gets to do fun things at the beginning when? of the movie, but, but then no, like the world like, gets turned upside down. Which is the thing. The with, the thing the thing movie. with it, like, Jackson
0: like, oh. saying Jackson yelling about this is like made me like because the movie opens with like it's party time in Barbieland all the time, but that's because they live in this weird, like Stepford-wives state of ignorance. Yeah. And not that they're actually having fun, because in the movie says all oh, they wake up to the perils of the real world and it, it destroys them. But like the lens of the, it could be Barbie time is a great time, like in Barbie land, but that's not how the movie pitches it, right? The, the movie pitches is like this horrible waking dream that Barbie's like
1: getting self-awareness out of. Hmm. Yes. Um, and so like the, the the dual plots of like the women learning to boringly read theory in their office uh, while the men get to learn how to have fun and have emotions is like kind of backwards to what I expected from the Barbie movie um i don't that's not really what i i don't
0: know i i felt oh go on go on go on the amount of space given to ken's like who am i and what am i about conflict that like intersects with like toxic masculinity and like bro culture and patriarchy that being like the major emotional thrust of the movie is unhinged to me why would you make a barbie movie about that i thought the major
2: emotional thrust of the movie was her like I don't know. That's not what I thought the Like, the, like I
0: thought the, it was like, more about
1: Barbie and, like, identity. The, the, like, but... I
0: want songs and, like, everything is wrapped around Ken and the Ken revolution.
1: Yeah, I thought, like, this is the Ken movie. And he's like, knocks it out of the park. He's doing him a good time, but it absolutely... Yeah, but, like, why write it that way? I just don't... Yeah, I don't know what... Like, the, Barbie does have an emotional through line. It just... I just don't think it's as good. I just think her, like, oh, I'm so unsatisfied. What if I became a brain surgeon uh, plot is worse than Ken's plot. I just think it's it doesn't hit as well.
2: Right, I don't, that's fair. I, think... I just didn't think the movie was this, ki- like, I it was a Ken-centric movie. I just didn't think it was, like, taking away from the Barbie
0: stuff. I don't know. I, um, I didn't think the Ken stuff was good. I thought it was bad.
2: I thought it was hilarious. I think like, um, Ryan Gosling's, good, like, funny. a good
0: actor, but I think that everything about, like, giving any sort of credence to his I-don't-know-who-I-am-without-you-Barbie uh, malaise is so awful in the context of then he's just going to use it to be, like, abusive and controlling. Um, mm-hmm. Don't give that man any time of He does not deserve sympathy.
1: No, I mean, like the, he 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 does though because the setup of the movie is that Kens are like a second class. The whole yeah 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 like the whole like. There's like, a whole societal framework the, in the movie.
0: Only, the only reason they are considered second-class citizens is because you, the viewer, are meant to view feminism as, like, a like a threat to the order of society.
1: No, but I'm saying that, like, they're making a movie about feminism, but they've also made a movie where the, yeah, like, actual he, plot is about a, the, like, nation controlled by this. Like, it's ridiculous. Sure, Why do they do the, the two same things? way? The
0: same way in which the movie pitches Barbie is constantly living in a state of, like, forced bliss where she has, like, a smile mm-hmm. that is fake. Uh, the the Ken's having aimless, like ennui about like, who are they defined as people only exists because the movie decides to layer. They could just be happy. The Barbie land could just be good. You didn't have to do this. I mean, that would be the Uh, movie if it was good. And the only way, the only reason you, um, I mean, you look, Barbie media exists where the things that Barbie represents are just good. But the movie wants to do the thing that like the modern Disney remake cinema does of commenting on the criticism of a brand by owning that criticism of the brand but just in like a controlled enough way to say it's actually good because we worked through it but she didn't actually work
1: through all of it (laughs) um or any of it yeah it's it it's weird it's like i i think i liked it more than am because i I thought it was funny i I, yeah i
0: I laughed so much
1: i had so much fun
0: so much of the so much of the oh go ahead Destiny. finish your thought oh i was just gonna say like
2: going to you know say the good like, I had a lot of fun. Uh, I loved the way the movie looked. I loved the colors. I loved a lot of the characters. Um, I think they think... I want like, to
1: take you for granted. Is one Thank you.
2: That, that is one of the funniest. Yeah, that, that whole, like, they're playing when guitars. Out and out of that old boring. play, the one song. That one Matchbox 20 song. And then, like, <laughs> the, the musical uh, stuff in this is very funny. Like, there's a lot of weird, like, lesbian jokes that don't... Exactly makes sense. Why? Like,
0: why? Yes. Why any of that?
2: Yeah. Like, like. Okay. The Birkenstock, the representative shoe of the lesbian, is the real world shoe. And then, like, the anthem where she's driving in and out of uh Barbieland is the Indigo Girls' "Closer to Fine," which is like a lesbian '90s anthem. It's just it's weird. It's a weird mishmash of things.
0: So and yeah at no, no point is anyone gay in this other than uh, Michael Sarah as like a gay joke, running gay joke, and he's great. In it. Is he I gay? I like Michael Sarah. <laughs> the whole thing is that Alan loves the Kens. Like the whole thing is that he's constantly obsessed with the Kens and what the Kens are doing and if the Kens are okay. And then he fights the Kens, but it's all like wrapped in like this very like you know low level, not like gay panic joke. He's not the butt of the joke, but his obsession with the Kens is the source of a lot of his comedy.
2: I guess. I saw it more like he was just like the off-brand guy. So he, just I mean, not, like... I mean,
0: Alan is a is a you know he's a actual character. He's Ken's friend,
2: Alan. Oh, all right. Like, Just like well, everything
0: else, he is a real doll that existed.
2: Yeah, well, I knew he was a real doll. I just was. I thought the joke was more that he was off-brand than he than he was gay. Um, I was gonna say that. um...
0: <sighs> no, nope, I lost my train of thought. Okay, uh, so. Um, the thing for me is the actual emotional core of Barbie's plot is going to the real world, meeting, uh, America Ferrera and her daughter, uh, who are like real women dealing with real women problems and, uh like the daughter is a like you know barbie represents everything really poisonous about like being sold femininity she's a modern girl uh she's got kind of like a you know outsider vibe when you first meet her which is ridiculous um in the way that it wraps up that she's like fucking wearing pink sweatpants by the end of the movie um and her mom is like got a career and wants to be a mom and does not marry the two and it's all about like it's okay to just be like a weird woman in your 40s you don't have to worry too much about uh trying to be perfect you know it's not the 50s anymore and then fucking the ghost of ruth handler the woman who created barbie shows up to deliver a huge speech about how what really matters about womanhood is that mothers stop moving so their daughters can look back and see how far they've come when they succeed in the world which is just the most like thuddingly stupid retrogressive like regressive feminist statement in the world it's awful. It's I like don't the disagree. moral it's the moral statement of the movie and it's terrible.
1: I mean, I'm shocked that this movie got away with it as too strong, because I think like it's fun, but it is like the most 2016 movie of the year. Uh, it feels like a movie whose moment has already passed and been cringed like culturally. Um which happens all the time, but like it really hit people. So like it got. Yeah, I was going like, say people love this. Somebody told me this was like the best movie they'd ever seen. <laughs> I mean, it's it's, a, it's like a fun movie with sets and actors, right? Like I get how mm-hmm. like uh, it is held up uh, as an example of like, you know we've been watching superhero slop for a decade. I get how Barbie is mm-hmm. like ah oh, a better yeah. a better vision. I, I, of I refuse to just like
0: fully give like lose my capacity to understand things because they have sets. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. I, I mean, I, I agree. I think the themes of the movie are uh, bad. Uh, I I, I'd, I wish it. I just wish it like wasn't trying to be this self critique thing because I think that it is impossible for a movie made under these auspices, uh, even by and like I think getting Greta Gerwig and Noah in fact like help like them get away with it by oh these are names that say movies about saying things. Um, you know they are not without reproach. They the people who say things in their movies say stupid shit all the time. Uh, <laughs> um
1: yeah I mean it's like. <laughs> It's not that I would think that a hey, just played straight Barbie movie is, like, politically good, right? But I would think it would be more honest. I'd rather just see that than the fucking we're going to smartly meta-commentate meta on all of the things about the brand, and I'm just like, well, you don't... You ended up not putting any times where Barbie has fun in the movie, so uh, it seems like you hate the brand. You hate the brand more than me, clearly.
0: Um, <laughs> and then, like, the way in which they, like, try to, like... Weasel away out of this with Will Ferrell just doing a turned Lego up version again. of his Lego movie character. Yeah, I'm like, what? What is all this? All the Mattel stuff is awful. It doesn't belong in the movie, and it detracts every time
1: it shows up. It's very weird because they're like, they're doing some light playtime shit, and it's like, let's let's not go there, guys. Yeah, you can't you can't do playtime. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, like the the especially the,
0: about the doll brand, right? Like the you, you, playtime is a is I, about like the I like I think the, that's. Oh, go on. Go, no, ahead. Th- go ahead.
2: Go ahead. I I think that's half the fun—the fact that they're just like putting in these like weird things. Like they're not. I don't know. I I don't know. I I thought it was fun.
0: <laughs> I think I think this movie sold itself on like explicitly. This is one of those slick brand movies, but it's saying something because of the people we got to make it and Mm -hmm. about because it's Barbie. It can't, it it, it has to address the fact that Barbie is controversial. It doesn't just get to be a celebration of all things, Barbie, because God forbid we make a movie that just does that. Um, Which I think it would be better for. I think, I think uh, girls deserve their slick brand movies that do not self critique as much as anybody else. Um, Unfortunately, we don't get that. Um, There's like tons of other Barbie media. And I think a lot of it is better than this. Um, and I thought this movie would like it looks great, and it yeah, sometimes it's really funny, and I love musicals more than anybody, basically, um, but it's not enough. And I think that uh, all of the thematic material is like truly bad in this movie,
2: hmm. okay. I I didn't think it was as bad as you did. <laughs> I think it has a lot of big problems, but I overall, I would like enjoy showing this movie to the kids in my life and <laughs> like if if uh.
0: I mean, over other things, sure, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I would show them uh, Joe's and the Pussycats, though. I think it's a better version of this exact same like critique of commercialism and what it is to be a woman in the world. Uh, it already
1: exists. That movie's great. I right. I just generally think I would like the, this level of Hollywood movie to stop trying to do like this broader level of societal structural critique. It just drags the movie down. Like, pet- patriarchy is not horses. And I know you know that, but you're like... <laughs> your dumb version of it because you can't actually talk about the like real problems uh is is not making this movie better I mean Um. like
0: the production thing like seeing that it started with uh with Margot Robbie going to Mattel and being like, "I can get you a billion-dollar Barbie movie," and then they said, "Okay, <laughs> prove it." I mean, that's true. And she did.
1: She's great in it. Like, no, yes. she's great. Her. In,
0: and I think she has like truly understands what people want out of like blockbuster cinema in a way that's like remarkable. I just don't like the thing that people want out of blockbuster cinema.
1: <laughs> but, but like the way she's used, I'm like, like there's the whole scene where they're like, she's like opening up and being vulnerable to her flaws, and there's like a fucking line about how like she is too hot to make this thing. I'm like, well then why? What are you fucking doing then? Why? Why'd you write this what like you made the movie <laughs> uh, like what's your is is every woman valid or is margot robbie better than you like would well, we, pick a side like you know like what are you what are you, what are you talking about um i i <laughs> you didn't need to you could have just told this barbie story about barbie and i wouldn't be asking these questions uh because i, I don't care <laughs> at the end of the day uh i just think you should have made a, a, a movie with less lofty goals but i i do know that like that's the stuff that like hits the culture at the moment. It's in yes. to self-critique the brand. Yeah, to yes. say like, yeah, you gotta but like to acknowledge the, the problematic
2: things, or else it's not good. You know. Yeah,
0: the problem is that that stuff always ends up upholding the brand. At the end of the day, it's like Barbie is good uh because and it will resolve all conflicts. The daughter will love her mother, and they will both realize that Barbie can be helpful to women. In what way that's actually been represented in the movie? Fucking anyone's guess.
2: Yeah, not really <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And I think those those arguments can be made with much more, like, genuineness, and uh, it would be corny to just say Barbie is good because it shows, like, especially in the modern era, women in a lot of different roles, and it's, you know, a diverse brand, blah, 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 but all those things are true, it's okay to just understand that brands are inherently corny, they don't have to be genuine, they're fucking brands, they're billion dollar, trillion dollar companies.
1: I mean, that's why, generally speaking, the movie that is a two-hour advertisement for why a brand is good did not used to be the highest grossing movie of the year yes (laughs) (laughs) you like the other barbie movies but you wouldn't like them if they were fucking making a billion dollars No. Uh, it cha- exactly. it just, like, changes the yeah. cultural position. Uh, the place for a Barbie movie is to be like a quiet brand movie that, that, you know, girls can enjoy. And you can be like, this was surprisingly good, right? Yeah. Uh, that's the level that you want from your culture it of Barbie. Shouldn't be, it
0: shouldn't be competing with Oppenheimer for the greatest movie of 2023, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? Like. <laughs>
1: It's like, just a weird that's a, Like, place. that's fine,
0: whatever. Movies are fucking cooked if this is the competition we're having. Because this and is a good not, one. That's not even on this movie necessarily. It's on the state of cinema at, at large.
1: Yeah, it, it I mean Definitely. I thought this with, with Top Gun as well. I'm like, the movies that are being held up as the saviors of movies from the bad movies are just they just are the bad Like, Top Gun's the fucking like US military slop. This is a movie about a toy. Uh what are you fucking talking about? I understand they're better than the superhero movies in how they're made. <laughs> But like that, you can't be you can't be like this is saving cinema. It's the same thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. Um, the other movies I saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, Barbie segment over. <laughs> no, yeah,
2: no, it's fine. I just, uh, yeah, no, I, I knew we'd talk about Barbie for a while because Em and I were getting into it uh, before the podcast. Um, watched Fear of a Black Hat, which was um, our New Year's Day movie. Uh, which is a mockumentary parody of hip hop, uh, of a hip hop band, uh, kind of in the vein of Spinal Tap.
0: Yes, yeah, extremely doing a Spinal Tap, but for yeah,
2: because they're like following this group called NWH, which stands for Niggas with Hats, and they're just like these very like controversial, violent rappers, and it's just about you know this sort of hip hop culture upending that, and it's very silly. And it's very funny. And the mockumentarian, uh, the documentarian is a, a woman that's like trying to like get into like, well, like, you know, what's hip hop trying to say about violence? What, hip- what is hip hop trying to say yeah, about she's, women?
0: She's, she's like a a linguist. She's like a doctor of linguistics doing this documentary about like rap is the new form of communication in the world.
2: Yeah. But it, like, you know, it doesn't really go there because like yeah. everything is just about the, the violence and the the goofiness. Like it, it's very so. And there's some like spot on video parodies happening and like it's really oh, all well the videos done.
0: are really well produced yeah yeah yeah. yeah uh I,
2: I loved this movie i thought it was so funny i thought it was so just spot on uh it's a little dated like i i, I almost wish that somebody would make like a
1: modern hip-hop version well about, you like, said uh, the nwh thing i was like, this is the most 90s movie of all time <laughs> oh
0: yeah 93 93 oh, yeah okay right, okay. right yeah, on, 90, the, right, right movie on the moment then yeah. um the the main like because the trio's two three guys it's ice cold tone deaf and tasty taste are the three rappers and ice cold <laughs> is the one who becomes like the breakout star and he gets it he gets a movie um where he played a cop and he's like i used to be a rapper but i was playing a cop and i was like oh my god this is just like it happened this is just real life this literally happened. this is, this is yeah. in 93 yes <laughs> oh. um, and so the movie is directed by a Spike Lee parody called Jike Springleton, which is, you know, John Singleton and Spike Lee who comes out, he looks like Spike Lee and he starts yelling about how he is the original short, angry black director of film of cinema. And then the movie is like, it's just fucking, it. it's like a cop movie version of, um, of Black Dynamite.
1: It's like incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you just you watch the fucking fake movie, then. all of it, you watch all 90 minutes of that shit. You need it up. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's, there's like
0: a bit where a guy is like selling, selling crack to a little baby in a stroller, but there's no parent around. He's just a baby in a stroller on the street.
2: Yeah, that's uh, like one incredible. of the best gags in the movie. And,
0: and, the, and then Ice Cold comes up as the cop and he's like on an overpass bridge, like 50 feet up yelling down at him like, hey, stop what you're doing. Stop selling drugs. And then like leaps down in like a fucking toku cut, like 50 feet down to the ground. Uh, it's
1: amazing. fucking good.
0: It's re- that movie is just really good. yeah there's like one truly like re, like awful 90s like gay panic character scene
2: <laughs> well, yeah,
1: yeah. you got gotta yeah, to there's, yeah. you know.
2: there's a couple of homophobic jokes yeah, yeah. but over um, o- but over if you that, willing,
0: if you're willing to uh sit through 3 minutes of that the rest of the movie is incredible uh it's on Criterion for the rest of the month uh if you've got that um fucking good
2: yeah we really enjoyed it um and the uh, same director as uh, tales from the hood which is another classic Yes, uh, of the black uh, comedy genre, uh, also a horror movie. Um, and then we watched Sleepwalk, which is this sort of like experimental. It's from I want to say eighty two. I didn't pull up eighty six.
0: It's by Sarah Diver. It's like one of those like no wave New York City movies.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jim Jarmusk is the cinematographer. There's a Steve Buscemi. Uh, he has a very very minor role as an unnamed worker uh it's one of those yeah but it's about this woman who gets this she works at like a company that types up things for you because yeah. it's the a, a job that doesn't exist
0: anymore yes it's a copy yeah. shop where if you have a hard copy of something and you need a digital copy or like printed out copies you have to give it to them to make copies of because no one can do that in 86
2: <laughs> so
0: anyway she gets this
2: like stolen manuscript that's it's a chinese manuscript from this mysterious tony todd character and when she starts working on the translation things that happen in the manuscripts start happening in her life like her friend loses all her hair and just weird little things like that and it doesn't really quite result it's just a bunch of like dreamlike moments of her like trying to like she's not even trying to like figure out what's going on she's just existing while all this stuff is sort of happening around her and she's got like this they never explain it but she has a chinese son Yes. And she can speak Chinese, and they don't really explain that. But, like, there's just a lot of stuff that's left. Kind of like Personal Chopper. A lot of stuff that's left kind of up to you to kind of put together. And uh, I thought it was really interesting and cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, one of those movies, I feel like whenever I watch No Cinema, I go, David Lynch stole everything from these movies for Twin Peaks. What are you doing here?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, let me see if I have anything else. You have
0: one more movie that we watched together.
2: One more movie we watched together? What is? We
0: watched so The Many Saints of Newark.
2: Oh! <laughs> I <laughs> forgot we hadn't talked about that yet. We're Yes, so... Soprano spoilers. Uh, it's mostly about Chris Moltisanti narrating from beyond the grave. About his... It's his father, right? Yes. His father... Um, Whose name I'm suddenly blanking on Dicky Dicky Multisanti, and just sort of uh him it's the sixties, and he I don't even know how to where to start with this plot, but it's
0: a, so like, a go ahead uh, so the many Cities of Newark is a these are the like the guys who were made that like tony soprano saw coming up like he starts as like a little kid and he's a teenager and he's trying to they're trying to make sure he stays a civilian like dickie really wants tony to go and just be a normal kid and by the end of the movie tony's like no i'm gonna do jobs with you and uh what you know thinks that dickie who uh you know does not make it through the movie um wanted him to join the the crew and he didn't he really didn't but Um, but but also it's like this is in the thing that um, David Chase wanted to write about, the thing he'd like had a script about. Apparently, he had a script literally kicking around for since before The Sopranos, specifically about the Newark race riots happening around the Vietnam War, where the National Guard came in and just started shooting people in the street because uh, the black community was like, you're sending us to go die in a war we didn't sign up for.
2: Also, isn't there like an incident where a police officer does something to like kills a, or puts a black man in the hospital
1: Hits yes. him up so that yeah, yeah, like yeah.
2: incites the riots and Yeah, there's yeah. so there's a subplot with Leslie Odom Jr. where like he's the guy that used to be a runner for Dicky and then like decides to go in on his own because he wants to like empower his
0: community. Yeah, he's he's like these these Italian guys are clowns. Like, you know, this is a black community. Black people should be doing the crime here. Thank you.
2: Yeah. So he it's him trying to come up and then against Dickie and then like an all kind of it, it culminates in a big showdown and, and then it, I don't know, it's just it's an interesting movie like as a prequel because it, yeah. it wants to be about yeah uh, the, the the mentorship of Dickie uh, or excuse me the mentorship of
0: Tony under Dickie but like I think all the other stuff is more interesting well yeah it's like because the movie, like, it isn't about this, but it is aware of the fact that one of the reasons that the crime in America went the way it did was for a long time, uh, the cops and the Italian like mafia were just kind of buddy buddy. And then but the cops would shoot the black people. You know, they don't shoot the Italians. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, they they pay them off, right? Like they have they have deals. And that's not deals that black America is allowed to make. Um, and the movie's, like, very clear about, like, that being part of the the, the, the struggle for, like, what is the self-identity of uh, the people in Newark in the 60s? Like, the movie it has to be about the Italians because it's this prequel Sopranos. Um, but it does kind of depict them as, like – because, like, there's very few black people in The Sopranos. And when they are there, like, there's intense hostility towards them. And seeing that this comes out of, like, real events – that David Chase had always been pulling from and interested in is, is in, m- pretty interesting to me, more even than like the main, like Dickie and Tony uh, morality tale, which is like fine, but Dickie's not a character that exists in Sopranos. He's already dead way before that. He's mentioned a couple times, but Tony doesn't talk about him in an important way. So it's it's all like guys you don't know in a story that doesn't matter really. Yeah. Um,
2: the other thing that is delightful is that since it's the 60s version of, you know, some of the characters you know from The Sopranos, you
0: get to see young versions
2: of Polly Walnuts and Silvio Dante and
0: the um, guy who plays young silvio deserves a fucking medal for looking like silvio uh because no one in the world should be able to pull stephen van zant faces other than stephen van zant but he manages
2: it's so fucking true <laughs> and then like the fact that paul like so vain and self-obsessed and he's always been that way and always in his expensive clothes didn't and his have manicures. a tan though nobody
0: has a tan in the 60s in this way yeah.
2: <laughs> and then like uh, fucking junior is just the same guy. Just this just 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 called it the same guy. He's the same guy.
0: Yeah. Always alright. Yeah. It's like not like exceptional. But it's weird because like some like I feel like critically it was pretty well received and then people like were very like down on it, like once it came out. It looked um, terrible in the
2: trailer. I will admit it, this was a badly marketed movie. I just, ignored it.
0: It is It is just two hours of, like, a mid-episode of The Sopranos. Like, Sopranos is not a banger at every time. Very few episodes are terrible, but a lot of episodes are just fine. And this 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 was just fine, in the same way The Sopranos is just fine. Sometimes, you know? Yeah,
2: I don't know. I think an episode of The Sopranos would be better than this movie, but there were so many good actors in this movie, and so many, like, the colors of this movie were just... mmm. <laughs> just like kind of like watching barbie where i was just like oh i miss color in movies i'm glad that they're slightly doing more things with color in film uh but yeah no it's uh one of those
0: (laughs) um god all right uh i'll go through a couple things real quick um i watched uh annabelle the 2014 horror movie um by john r leonetti that movie fucking sucks i hated it (laughs) got a a rare one star just a true waste of my time one star. yeah um so it's about like it's a it's a in the universe of the conjuring which is about uh ed and elizabeth not elizabeth warren what's her name um oh ed and um (laughs) lorraine Lorraine, yes. Um and uh they're in the movie for about forty five seconds, and it's mostly about the back history of this doll that is evil. That's based on a real life doll that is supposedly evil. Um, though there's no actual um <laughs> there's no actual proof other than that Warren said that doll is super evil. Um because the Warrens are the fakest they're just they're just charlatans. They're not real. Um, even someone who has a nebulous opinion about like demons and ghosts, uh, the Warrens are definitely not real. <laughs> they are con <laughs> people. Um, anyway, <laughs> turns out that this doll is a doll, just a normal doll that is got by these fucking madmen, motherfuckers. It's like this. It's like goes back to like the the. F- 60s and this this guy who does some sort of important business he's a business guy and his very pregnant wife he gets his doll for the nursery and they move into this new house and the house and it turns out the house next door the daughter's in a manson cult and they murder the parents of the house next door and then they come in and they're uh they go in a, it's like a manson manson-esque cult it's not actually a Man- manson cult this is important but they do like on the news it's like all oh, the you know the manson murders are in the news is where we're at Um Um, And the lady tries to, like, kill her, like, get the baby, maybe, and and dies and, like, bleeds into the doll, which haunts the doll. It's like a fucking Chucky thing happening. Um, But... It turns out later, like once they get over it, but keep the doll for inexplicable reasons. Um, And she has the kid and they move into a different apartment and it starts being like a Rosemary's baby about like being a young mother, but it it doesn't actually commit to any of that. The 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 cult was summoning a demon by murdering people and did. And the doll is like not actually haunted. The doll looks haunted because a demon is running around, moving the doll around. Wait,
1: uh, question. Yeah. You just said the de- the doll is not actually haunted it looks haunted because a demon is moving the doll around that's there's like what a literally a doll scene is. where the
0: doll where the doll is like moving and then the camera like shifts a little bit and it turns out there's a big fucking demon with horns holding up the doll making it look like it's moving around
1: okay but that's that's what
0: haunting already is. is well, no, cont- because, like, but- haunted implies that there's a ghost in the doll. There's a demon that has decided yeah. sometimes to make the doll look creepy. You but know, the I- demon then starts <laughs> night-crawling around the ceiling trying to, like, murder people, and the doll is totally forgotten. This is not a haunted doll movie. This is, like, a this is a demon movie, and it's stupid.
1: I'm saying... I'm I'm, I'm not disagreeing, but I'm saying that, like... Thematically, that's what a haunting is, is a demon controlling a thing. But if you make it a, a demon like with a body with his hands moving a thing, that might be the stupidest idea for a hard have ever heard. Yeah there's a whole thing where Alfred and so it turns like they like the, the
0: demon is like a pact like you have to like exchange a life and has to be given willingly and the mom thinks that the demons after a baby but Alfred Woodard's there and she runs like a bookstore that has occult books and she's like no you, they're trying to put your baby in peril so you'll willingly give up your life because babies can't consent to be sacrificed thus it won't ma- it won't count but Alfred Woodard's sad because her daughter died in a car accident and so she nobly sacrificed herself at the end to die instead of the white
1: lady and it's fucking awful the movie sucks. Well, that's bad. That's the, every element of that was bad. Also, you did just—you started saying babies can't consent to be sacrificed. Yes, this <laughs> is literally <laughs> the same we'll in the movie. <laughs> they cannot consent to be sacrificed. It's true. Which I mean, it's true. not wrong. It, it, it's <laughs> completely true. However, it just as a sentence to say out loud in this podcast, it makes me feel insane. What are you talking about? <laughs> well,
0: this movie has one star.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I can. Com- I guess I completely understand why. Then I watched Arena. Uh, Destiny
0: got me a bunch of Blu-rays for uh, Christmas. And one of them was like this Arrow set that's like a bunch of schlock classics from the late 80s uh, that I wanted because they had a Blu-ray of Robot Jocks in it, which is a movie that I want on Blu-ray because I've seen it before. Robot Jocks fucking rules. Hadn't seen any of the other movies. Took a big chance. And Arena... one of the movies, eight nineteen, nine directed by Peter uh, Um It's about, it's like the year 4000 and everyone's in space and there's tons of aliens. Humans are like a minority. A, a Titan A.E. <laughs> if you've seen Titan A.E., it's Titan A.E. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that's, that's the one you want
1: to go to for this pool? <laughs>
0: um, it's got a lot of cool, like, post-Star Wars. That we really want to recapture the power of Star Wars through makeup effects aliens. It's, re- it's a lot of good aliens. Um and uh there is an intergalactic fighting competition and there's like one human who's like the the he's the fucking he you know how when we watch streets of fire it's like why does every movie have like the most bland protagonist guy in it because i mean because luke skywalker exists is why um, and he's this guy and he wants to fight and he's he'd be the first human to enter the arena in 50 years because it's all aliens now um and he gets wrapped up in this like like crime plot of the like crime guy who runs the arena is uh, played by Mark Alimo, who's Goldicott DS nine and his go, his like gopher guy is this like weasel, uh guy like this little rat guy played by Armin Shiverman who plays Quark in DS nine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh they want to like fix the fights and he gets wrapped up with their crime stuff but he does fight in the arena and uh become you know becomes human champion spoilers um and it's just good if you want to see a, a guy fight a giant rubber suit uh multiple times this is the movie for you and i do that's the thing i like i can't
1: help <laughs> but notice that this uh is literally exactly 100 percent mortal kombat um yeah kind of
0: <laughs> it's uh, not it's not as it's not as like martial arts mysticism right okay there's of that
1: it doesn't have the realms thing but oh we've got to fight all these like weird little monster guys nobody's throwing a
0: fireball in arena
1: it's literally like
0: you know we're gonna punch each other out okay okay
1: so i mean they don't know what
0: street fighter is yet yeah but like you know luke Kang throws a fireball that's true even, even in Mortal Kombat, the 1994 classic, at the end of that movie, Liu Kang throws a fucking fireball out of nowhere because at no point is he normally a firepower. <laughs> <laughs> and it's sick. That movie is really good. That movie probably better than Arena, but I liked Arena a lot, especially if you're a DS9 sicko. Seeing Mark Alimo and Armin Shimmerman basically playing Ducat and Quirk, but in this like crappy 80s movie is great. It's fucking fantastic.
1: That sounds delightful.
0: Yeah. Um, I liked it a lot. Great, great creatures. Um, and then the other movie I have to talk about is a Hard Day's Night, the first Beatles movie from 1964. This movie fucking sucked. <laughs> the, so the Beatles are on tour. They're the Beatles. They're very popular. Um, and every tour they go, there's like screaming women, and all the Beatles want to do is run away from all their screaming fans to go be boys and
1: frolic in fields. This, and like this is the movie that begins with George Harrison completely eating shit, right? yes i've seen that that was very funny it opens and he
0: trips yeah they're all doofuses and they all like to go there's literally a bit where they run away and they go they find a field and they're like frolicking and like racing each other and like kicking a ball around and then a fucking like british guy just like one of those guys who has like a pug dog face and he's like somewhere between 30 and 80 you can't tell because he just looks like that goes (laughs) come on
1: england one of those guys he he goes he goes this is private property lads and they're like oh sorry chap and run away. uh the the how did the beatles like survive being famous like how did they i guess it's, no one in the 60s has heard of cringe so you could get away with the shit yeah and so
0: would... it's it's like it's like this this toothless uh you know scenarios in which the boys just hang out and they're just pure beautiful souls for like the female fans to project upon and when they're when they're recording it's like they're in like a fucking like uh not even broadway what do i want uh not um like vaudeville comedy where they're just like really invested in like all the machinations of behind the scenes and uh paul mccartney is always making not actually lewd jokes but something that could be misconstrued as a double entendre that ladies are constantly dragging him away to fuck him like there's a bit where he's like one of the like dancing chorus girls is like trying to pull him somewhere and like where are you going uh paul and he's like oh she's showing me a stamp collection and that's the joke um <laughs> it's just dated and corny and not in like a way that i found charming um I just thought it was, there's like a whole bit where, um, paul's grandfather who's not his real it's like a famous tv actor like from the british 60s or whatever is playing his grandfather and he's just like a weird old guy who, who's, when they're not watching him goes and like does hijinks because he's like i'm the one of the beatles grandfathers i could do whatever i want and he's ridiculous <laughs> and like that's where half the comedy comes from and in between that they sing songs from hard days night but they're all like badly lip-synced uh you, you know you're like i'm like paul you you cannot lip-sync your own songs how does this happen um and i thought it was bad i just I like this is the corniest shit in the world none of this works for me it feels so toothless about like who these characters are like their personalities seem fucking flimsy and fake as shit um well i, feel I like- don't understand they're like running away from their fans because their fans are not seen as like an imposition they're just kind of there and they all seem to love being famous it none of it like coheres um and I, like, I, like I was watching this, I was like, oh, like Head, the famous monkeys movie is about them running away from their like m- the mob of fans, but into like a weird psychedelic adventure through the like late 60s that comes out four years after this and seems so much like. Looking at this movie, like this is the this is like bullshit. This is this is the brand lying to you about its self critique. We're gonna make a real thing, and it basically like fucking killed the monkeys' uh appeal with their like youth audience because the movie's like one of the weird new Hollywood, it's like early new Hollywood stuff.
2: It's early um, new Hollywood and it's like anti war, yes, like, vocally anti war, and yeah, it's real weird and psychedelic. Yeah. Uh,
0: um, head's great, um, head and- is great.
2: Uh, Watching Hard Day's
0: Night made me really appreciate the context which had exists as a response to this bullshit.
2: Well, Hard Day's Night, I mean, they were a phenomenon. They wanted to probably make a bunch of money making a movie. Like, they just slapped it together. I assume it was just slapped together.
0: It was shot very quickly, yes.
2: Yeah, So to, like, capitalize on their moment, so...
0: And you know, the production for... The production was like, yeah, no, this is kind of an old fashioned thing. Even when we made it, um, we just did it because we, you know, we thought we'd capitalize on it. Critics hated it. And then it was extremely popular and important. And I watch it and I go, yeah, this fucking sucks. No wonder people hated it. <laughs> yeah. Like if I was a teenage Beatles fan, that'd be my favorite movie.
2: Don't get me you wrong. Know, watching she... it, it
0: felt like if I was alive in the 60s and didn't know that like the, uh, n- a new cinema was coming, I'd be like, culture's dead. This is the end of this is the end of history right here. Like no good movies could ever be produced in a world where hard days night is allowed to happen.
1: (laughs) Well, I don't think we're going to have a modern seventies, so that's a shame.
2: (laughs) Head is funny because it flopped hugely, and then Easy Rider came out, and they wanted to put on the Easy Rider posters from the producers that gave you Head, but they couldn't do it because the movie flopped.
0: Yeah.
1: I made that joke to Em yesterday. And I did, they, not, appreciate did not appreciate it. I did not appreciate it. Well, because I was tweeting about the,
0: this movie, and I was like, oh, man, you know, head. Head goes hard. And Jackson couldn't help but leap on that.
1: I uh, 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 completely uh, uh, out of context, head goes hard. And I was like, that's funny, because I'm 12 years old, like the directors of Easy Rider. <laughs>
2: yeah. Hey, in the 60s, that shit was transgressive.
1: I don't yeah. believe that. I believe- well, you
2: could go to jail
1: for obscenity. Yeah, I guess that's true. But people were still like making fucking rude jokes <laughs> yeah. with their friends. Not on the screen. Yes, I oh, imagine yeah. putting it on a poster is a little cheeky. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Are we ready um, to talk about Personnel Shop Air?
0: Yeah, I suppose we are. I will say, if you're interested in, um, it won't be out till next week. But me and Jackson watched The Fugitive. Yes. Um which was both a good movie and we got a really good uh, blockbusters out of it and that'll be out next week uh, for, at the five dollar tier patron at normal mapping. And I think it's a fucking good episode. <laughs> please look forward to it hope i haven't oversold it but i i laughed so hard that i had to like i hurt after that episode of podcasting
1: uh it's a good episode i strongly recommend uh listening to that one if you don't if you don't subscribe to the five dollars here um i understand you know things are expensive but uh, this, this is a good one it's a good one to jump in on uh if you've been considering it See so you. gets a good endorsement for me um all right our
0: movie uh this week is personal shopper um, the 19, the 2016, was it 19, uh, 2016 movie by Olivia uh starring Kirsten Stewart. I picked this, I'll be honest, because Rick recommended it to me.
1: <laughs> Hi, uh, Rick. Hi, Rick. Who is
0: a uh, listener of the show. Uh, Rick does not like... Me and Rick have, I would say tangentially overlapping tastes and that very rare like I, Rick likes a very specific type of like crime cinema that's way more Jackson's thing than my thing usually I mean Rick likes a lot of movies I'm not going to Reduce Rick now to just, like, you say cartoon. it's my
1: thing, and it can be my thing, but the, I think the reason it's my thing is I've only watched about like ten of those movies and really like all of them. I think if I watch fifty, I might get a little sick of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
1: Um, but Rick is uh, batting a thousand because Rick's
0: last movie that Rick was like, "You need to do this reptile screenings," was uh, famously the second best movie you've ever seen, Excalibur. <laughs>
1: that's damn fucking true you can't beat that
0: one as a recommendation so Rick gave Personal Shopper to me as like a personal recommendation when I was making the list of modern movies I wanted to catch up on but I was like this one seems like a one that I know people really liked when it came out so let's do it for Reptri screenings um and that's why I picked it truly just because Rick said I should watch it
1: well thanks Rick for that (laughs) (laughs) because this movie (laughs) begins with half an hour of empty fucking skinnering shots tell me what the plot
0: of Personal Shopper is
1: uh, the plot of Personal Shopper is that uh, Kristen Stewart plays Marine Cartwright, which I had to look up because I just call her Kristen Stewart in my head. Uh, th- th-
0: there's a bit where uh, she's like, although oh, the hotel guy's like, the hotel is listed on a Marine Cartwright. And I was like, that's the most like cinema
1: name I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she is the personal shopper for a supermodel who she uh, looks similar enough to that she can like help buy the clothes for. I guess her looking similar uh, is, is not part of the job because she's not meant to be trying the clothes on. So, Me and
0: Destiny had a conversation about whether or not not personal shoppers had to be the same size. And I was like, no, they just need a good eye, but like it probably... People probably think it helps that they're the same size.
1: It probably but it, helps. She's but not. She's, she's limited. Not. She's not. She's not meant to put the clothes on. But yeah. like, she's going around. She shows up at her shoot. And is like forced to do standing because she's like the supermodel isn't there yet. So they're yes. like, hey, you're similar enough. Please help us out. Yeah. Specifically, a,
0: not only is she this person shop for a super for a supermodel. The supermodel is like depicted as like an evil tyrant
1: boss who yeah, everyone yeah, hates. cartoonishly constantly like on the phone for her gorilla foundation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so that's her job. Uh, that she's like getting good money. In Paris to hang around with all the rich people and buy shit uh, destroying her soul deeply Uh, also destroying her soul deeply uh, is her twin brother Lewis who died uh, from just like had a heart condition uh, that she also suffers from and his heart went and there was no reason for it and just happened and she sees the same doctor and is like yeah you seem fine but so did he so I can't fucking tell you anything that's life mate she she has a malformation they both had
2: a malformation so like but you can't necessarily like you don't always die from it so it's one of those like eh (laughs)
1: <laughs> literally literally no way to know uh yeah. just got to keep going and uh she is staying occasionally in uh the house that he had that he like wanted to turn to a big studio cuz it's like this <laughs> rural like house in a, in a behind a gate in a field it's like an old house uh, definitely the kind of like I'm a cool artist house you would get turned to a studio um, but he died there uh, and she is trying to see if she can reach uh, his spirit because he was a medium um, and like, believed in his ability to connect, to connect with Gnos uh, she kind of is like agnostic on the whole thing but obviously wants to hear from her brother again uh, and they had made a promise to like contact each other after they died so I was hanging out trying to find it uh, at this house. Keeps feeling sensations and vibrations and doesn't like know if there's anything, anything there. Uh, the other event that happens in this setup period is while uh, at Kyra's, the supermodel's place, she talks to what's his name? The creepy guy. Ingo? Uh, in- Ingo, uh, who is Kyra's... Um, uh boyfriend not her husband she's also married. side piece side piece who she's like trying to dump but he refuses to go and she's she, he, he, like
0: he has the vibes
1: of one of the nazis from girl with the dragon tattoo <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've <laughs> never <laughs> seen that movie and i get that 100 <laughs> percent. bad vibes all around uh and her and uh, uh him and christian have a deep conversation about their lives briefly um and then the movie really begins, which it begins with her going back to the house and seeing a massive JPEG of an actual ghost. I was like, oh, we're doing it already? We're just getting the ghost? Out, the, the, the ghost is real. Hey guys, the ghosts are real. The ghosts are just real. Um, and is very terrified by this. Can't actually like confront it or feel it uh, or like really engage with what it wants because there's a massive fucking JPEG of a ghost in her face. Uh, lets her uh, boyfriend's girlfriend know that like there was a presence there. I don't think it was him. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's gone now. Uh, continues with her job and starts getting mysterious texts from an unknown number uh that she initially thinks could be uh, her twin brother lewis um but they'd start like uh goading her and flirting with her uh and just generally stalking her in very provocative ways encouraging her to uh like where the you're gonna wear the clothes? You're gonna jerk off in the clothes? Uh, you're gonna like uh, you know assert your identity on this woman that's your tyrant boss that you're jealous of, um, and has a like fraught relationship with this unknown texter who, by the way, is very obviously Ingo the entire time. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> just like from moment one to the point where it's distracting that no one ever says it's clearly that one guy you met. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And uh, so is just being like. Is a little too, uh, you know, it's just because she's in a bad place. Is very accepting of the evil shit this guy's saying on on her text. Um, the like tension ratchets up throughout the movie as she's uh continues to do the personal shopper job and hate it uh continues to like search for Lewis uh refuses to go to Oman where her boyfriend is uh stuff like that uh reaches a climax when uh when dropping off some jewelry back at Kyra's uh she finds Kyra dead and they sees a strange like light in the bathroom essentially uh with a door moving and doesn't understand what's going on runs away uh is interrogated by the police for like what the fuck did you run away she's like i was very scared i i did call you uh <laughs> Then, like the the um, items she left at the house arrive at her apartment, and she realizes, "Oh shit, I'm completely fucked in this crime now." I've been like, the items
0: are like hundreds of thousands of dollars of Cartier jewelry.
1: Yeah, yeah. The most like, I am being framed for murder. Oh shit, my life is over. Moment the texts start getting like extremely intense. uh, As like a letter through the door, she's forced to go to this uh, hotel, um, which. this this is where the movie kind of, like, takes a left turn, I guess. Because um, it's very clear it's building up to, like, Ingo's going to be there. And he is. But what happens is she goes to the hotel room. The hotel room's empty. Someone enters the room and she you don't see who it is. Then you see, like, uh, someone leave the hotel, but there's no one there. You just see, like, doors open. yes
0: elevator opens like literally like as if someone's there but it's invisible
1: yeah then the next day Ingo's in the hotel hasn't interacted with uh Chris any anyway but immediately gets arrested uh at the hotel so it was he was there and he gets arrested and he did do the murder uh the text stop at this point but well the text stop because she switches
0: SIM cards yes yeah, she switches sim cards but, but it happens at the same time that Ingo's arrested so you don't
1: know which is which right uh you, it's unclear what's going on uh with that uh she then like two more important scenes happen she heads back to see Lara uh, who's moved on got a new boyfriend and she has a conversation with a new boyfriend uh, who's like I'm not replacing Lewis she's like yeah yeah I, it, the fact that you're talking about this so directly makes it weirder it's fine i know that um and then uh, after he leaves a ghost like a, a ghostly figure appears in the kitchen and drops a glass mm uh, and then she finally heads back out to Oman, uh, done with all this bullshit, uh, to like be in the mountains. With her loser boyfriend. With her yeah, fucking he seems, loser boyfriend.
2: Seems like a uh, big loser. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the, what the why the vibe was that, but yeah, he doesn't seem like a guy she's particularly into. And I don't know if it's because it's Christian Stuart and I just can't see her as a straight person,
0: but... <laughs> It's also, like, he's got the vibes of the guy who gets murdered in uh, Midsommar. He just
1: fucking (laughs) sucks.
2: (laughs) He seems like he'd be a shitty boyfriend. But anyway, go
1: on. And while she's there, uh, she sees another glass fall to the floor uh, and can, like, feel this presence and starts asking it questions. And initially it starts to answer, like, I am Lewis and I'm at peace. And then she just keeps asking questions. And it's responding with, like, a one-thump-for-the-ass, yes, 2 for no situation, which was, like, set up earlier in the movie. And then eventually it just starts kind of responding to her questions in a shit posty way I guess. yes like are you at peace yes are you not at peace yes uh are you lewis yes or is it just me uh but and no, then she asks it lewis is it you and it doesn't answer and then she oh, asks yeah. it just
0: me and it thumps once
1: yes so there's are you lewis there's nothing and then it says uh a thump for when she asks yes and then it fades to white and the movie ends yes um, and that's the that's the movie yeah uh kind of um weird last stretch but uh mostly pretty straightforward uh in its haunted house stuff yeah um,
2: i think it has a lot going on like there's a lot of stuff about like the spiritualist movement and hilma off klemt and like her inventing abstract painting and Maureen kind of becoming obsessed with her and She watches that fake movie within a movie,
0: the Victor Hugo '60s documentary about or TV movie about them doing summoning like seances. Uh Uh, I was like, because I we were watching because she's watching it on her phone, like on YouTube, Uh, because she's the lady. One of the most realistic depictions of uh, movies I've ever seen using the internet I've ever seen. The lady's like, I don't remember the name of it. Just just put into YouTube uh, Hugo plus seance plus whatever, and you'll get it.
1: Uh, the only unrealistic part is that she's not re- watching it at two times speed.
0: <laughs>
2: the only <laughs> unrealistic only, part is that it that looks amazing yes. on YouTube. I was like, I was
0: like, someone who's watched TV movies from the 60s on YouTube, no one would have a rip this clean. It'd be fucking like a VHS rip, or it'd have hard-coded Chinese subtitles under the <laughs> other subtitles. Uh, it'd be flipped. It'd be in a little window, so it looks like a TV, so it, it just skips <laughs> y- the copyright. Yo,
2: yeah. yo, That's what we were joking about last, last night during that scene. Uh... I, okay, wait. What did we think? Let what? We, let's go around. I loved it. I thought it was really cool and mysterious. And I I already have a soft spot for Olivier Assayas movies. Um, having only seen Irma Vep and Demon Lover, I really liked those. Um, I like how he moves around the world in his movies, and they always have this like international feel. Like that's kind of his signature. Um, but also I liked that this movie, to me, kind of felt like just like this woman who can't let her brother go and it's just about her trying to like or like not trying to let him go but slowly realizing she needs to let him go Uh, do
1: you want to go jackson yeah um i i mostly like that stuff um I was a little less positive on it, I guess. When it became, like, a cartoonish movie about an evil guy texting her, I was like, what's going on here? Um, Because I just thought that the text from the man were just, like... I understand it is ambiguous as to what's happening and it doesn't like give you answers, but it's so obviously Ingo doing some crime shit that like it doesn't thematically work through any other lens. I don't at any point think that that's Lewis. I think it's the guy fucking with her.
2: Yeah, um, that's kind of like at first you're like, oh, maybe it's not Ingo, but it's clearly Ingo. Like, who else would it be? <laughs> He's the mean, only other like character. The thing for me
0: is like the, the back 30 minutes of the movie suggests that it's her doing it to herself that she yes. walked yes. into a fight club scenario where she is undoing do- the like stuck position
1: of her own life
2: yeah there's a doppelganger vibe definitely
1: yeah i mean the implication is like she invented this like persona uh to force her out of her shell right like yes um which could go so far as
0: manifesting ghosts i guess but like you know, if you take if you take his <laughs> writ that she's a medium, maybe she can levitate glasses, right? It's
1: it's really funny. So I I read some of like the comments the director made about this movie, which are hilarious. <laughs> Ooh, what'd he say? what do he oh, say? Yeah, I didn't read well, any Because of it. The, director, the, the director is very open about simply breaking down all ambiguity in his film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah, in his mind, that's I'm getting like, yeah, very conclusive. There are no ghosts in this movie. It's obviously all her, and obviously it was never her, any ghosts.
2: I'm like, but the ghost was, on, there was a fucking JPEG of a ghost, my bitch. Yes. I don't believe him.
1: Yes. I mean, I'm not to taking at him,
2: him <laughs> at his another. word. I don't think he knows what he's doing. <laughs> I, those ghosts was
1: real. <laughs> <laughs> and i understand that like the, the movie is like portraying portraying things aren't and you can have all these interpretations but i did i did laugh that his interpretation was so flat about it all uh when the the like good things of the movie is the unknowability of the like spirit world stuff
0: mm-hmm. yeah i mean i like this because um everyone kind of treats her with this sort of weird pity that she's waiting around for a sign of her brother right um and she's like no it's chill like this is you know the thing we promised each other and uh, you know after this i will just let go of my life like i'll I'll let go of everything i'm doing i'll go back and move in with my boyfriend whatever and it's so clear that she's just resistant to the idea of like making choices right she exists in this weird space where she just kind of lingers in the wake of this famous woman who nobody likes she doesn't like she barely talks to uh, she hates the job um all she does is like use it as an excuse to, like, do weird research on her fixation of her, like, oh, her brother's going to contact her, Um, avoid her boyfriend, she has a good excuse, she can, you know, no one's going to pressure her to do anything because she's grieving, Uh, so she just gets to wallow in it for a while, and the idea that, like, the only way she could find out is to blow up her own life in this weird way, like, it's weird because, like, at some point you begin, if you want to take it all the way to the extreme, which I don't, I don't think that's interesting, you're like, oh, like, her her tyler durden murdered uh murdered kira and the you know the everything about ingo is just like a faint it doesn't matter like he admitted to it but that doesn't mean he did it sort of stuff you could go that far i'm not interested in that um but i do like the idea that like her being haunted is a self-generated thing not that lewis is around messing with her but that somehow she has manifested her own like pressure to break out of her life um because she can't do it on her own Mm mm-hmm and I think that stuff's good. Um like I like the really I like the conversation with uh The Irwin, new boyfriend. The, the new, new boyfriend. Yeah, where he's he's trying to like have this really like I'm working through this thing. You're probably working through this thing. I just I'm I'm barely I like I don't know you, but I was really close to your brother. He probably talked about her a lot. It Seemed like they were very close. Um and want to talk about this thing that you know my, my my girlfriend isn't really interested in the spiritual stuff that he was talking about, but you seemingly are. So I'm going to talk to you about it. Um and she just has this like weird like evasiveness and but also like she's not unopen like the, when she talks to Ingo about this stuff she's very like self def- self effacing and being like oh you know it's kind of silly I don't know what I believe but when she's talking to Erwin, she's way more direct about like you know this is this is where I'm at this is where you're at and it's kind of a weird space for us to be in a lot has happened to her since then uh, obviously but um, I really liked that stuff. Um, and then there's a ghost that she immediately just counts like she's looking for a sign the entire time and then a fucking glass break she's like oh you know he must have like knocked it over when he left even though the time between him setting the glass down and him leaving is long enough that no glass would have tipped over in that time it's just literally no. not possible
2: yeah and he said erwin says uh right before he leaves something like i feel his presence here yeah and she's like no <laughs>
0: Like the, she's she's not looking for a sign. Like she's she's she is existing in an excuse, and I like that about uh, just what it is to kind of be caught in your grief sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think that stuff really works for me.
2: Yeah, I think this is a movie about grief
1: overall. I also just
0: like um, hanging out in Paris wearing fancy dresses. That stuff's fantastic. I love um, a movie that's just like pretty people wearing nice clothes, sumptuous dresses. <laughs> See, I would say I'm generally positive on it. I, I think it's like ambiguity is like not especially deep, um, but it doesn't have
1: to be. You know, no. Well, I, I guess it's I think I think some of the ambiguity is better than some of the other ambiguity. Yes, I agree on um, that. <laughs> yeah, like I think the stuff with the the glass and her like grief for her brother is mostly good right I just like it messy yes. uh i'm really fr- I, it, I just think the ingo plot is just weird uh, it is weird i agree
2: it's like this weird thriller element that doesn't really fit it
1: becomes like a cartoon hitchcock movie like yeah and were. i assume
2: that's like maybe not the awkwardness of it not the cartoonishness of it but like the thriller element very intentional but i'm not quite sure why where it fit fits in yeah
1: <laughs> I, I get it with the text right and it's like is it this creepy this creepy guy or is it like she projected onto this creepy guy uh and like wants to have this like external oppressive force uh jolting her out of her light like that stuff yeah. makes sense. but once the murder happens i'm like oh, well she she didn't w- i know she doesn't actually want to kill her boss yes yes uh, right yeah I mean, maybe you could say she does because of the resentfulness, and like you you could go the like oh the this was you're not me your dark self killed killed but i, I don't think that's interesting ultimately. Yeah. Um, right. And so the whole like, and then she goes to the hotel and she doesn't see who's walking in, and then does a ghost leave in her place. So there's like theories like she died in the hotel because Ingo murdered her. And I'm like, that's wait, not who's interesting. That that's that's that,
0: like the least interesting thing in the world to me.
1: Th- that is one of the many theories that you could throw around. It's, I have not seen that come. I was looking you the know, so You, know, of you know my rule. Someone's.
2: I did. Oh wait, were you gonna say something?
0: Oh, I'm just saying anytime your uh, your theory is, oh, this character died halfway through and it's just like them in the afterlife, it, you've, you've lost the plot. You need to stop.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and that did not happen on Lost. Just throwing another. Uh, <laughs> uh, I thought maybe she died at the end of the film. Just another, maybe. That's, that's, no one's ever, no one ever absolutely. dies. A fade to white kind of made me think that. Her saying it's just me. It just kind of felt like a death. But I decided eh, it's open.
1: Uh, I saw that theory, and specifically the thing they were going—they they, they took it a step further. <laughs> they took it a step further, and they said uh, that the thuds at the end were her regular heartbeat. Oh
0: <laughs> my like... goodness! That's not—if that was her regular heartbeat, she would have been dead minutes ago. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah,
1: her like 0. 0.6 BPM. <laughs> Either <Yes. laughs> dead or like the most powerful superhuman alive. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: a lot of good sweaters in this movie too a lot of good sweaters a lot of good dresses just throwing that out <laughs> uh
0: yeah I, the thing with the ingo is that it goes so hard in like oh this weird creepy man is being uh aggressive towards her as like a thriller and um <laughs> uh kyle turner used to be one of the on when this was a four-person show kyle was on
1: here did you read kyle's letterboxd review of this um jackson yes i did find it let me go find it again it, you
0: know it's in it's in like the form of like a twitter shit post about uh Asaias, like texting oh yeah they like, yes, oh, yes, yes, like, come over and uh i'll text you all the subtext and ideas of my film to make it super text <laughs> <laughs> which is exactly how the, all of that text stuff works it's just mm-hmm. like odd because it already has revealed that she, she every time she like the one time she wore uh Kyra's dresses like they had to send them back Kyra refused to wear them wouldn't do it like she's she finds it like a weird violation because she's like a crazy person and awful um and but clearly every time she like looks at a I was like you should try it on you the same size it'd look beautiful on you and so she lives in this weird space where she's like this woman's like doppelganger but can't actually live her life um just spending her money and doesn't get to enjoy any of it and just lives like sad um so like the guy going oh do you want to wear dresses is the transgression exciting to you i'm like yes i we know we, we've seen it already i know that i know the plot <laughs>
1: uh yeah and i know the idea is like she needs someone to suggest it right because she just can't it can't be her choice to wear the dress she has to externalize it into there was yes. some p- way where she was not entirely responsible yeah mm-hmm. um but it is still very funny because the, the text is just so direct about what the film's about yes <laughs> uh and it's just like i'm texting you subtext, then i'm texting you something sexually threatening and that's like the whole every text <laughs> for like half of the movie uh I I do think it's interesting that the movie is called Personal Shopper and not like mm. My Dead Brother, right? Like it- <laughs> <laughs> the, the sequel of My Left Foot, My Dead <laughs> Brother. have a different. it centers that side of the movie, even though yes. like. Some, when I, describing I, I remember plot, the, the, the trailer for this now.
0: being entirely that side of the movie, and nothing about the ghost stuff.
2: Yeah, right. the trailer doesn't reveal that the movie's about. Because like when
0: you were like, "Is this movie scary? would this be too scary to me?" I was like, "What are you talking about? It's a movie about her shopping for a rich lady." <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: said that it was about a fucking ghost showing up in an empty house that just vibrates for twenty minutes. Fuck you! I, <laughs> I had so no glad. idea. I had no idea.
0: <laughs> once, the, once the ghost JPEG showed up, oh, the, the, ghost, the ghost part is like so silly. It's like a fucking Ghostbusters ghost. <laughs> It was because it was, she like barfs ectoplasm and the ectoplasm flies through a window. I was like, what's happening here? It
2: reminded me of that infamous eighth episode of season three of Twin Peaks.
1: I mean, I definitely oh, sure. thought it was very uh, Twin Peaks the Returning with its effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just like deliberately, here are some JPEGs, right? Like the movie's doing it on yes. purpose. It knows it looks like that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And especially as, like, I don't know, I see what the director's talking about. And I don't necessarily agree, but I get how maybe. Uh, it's designed in a way of, like, the the ghost that she sees is meant to be so fake and so obviously the idea of a scary ghost that it just, like, yeah. kicks her out of the house, right? She just wanted a thing to get her out of there. Well, um, it's weird because, like, I was like,
0: is the ghost meant to be, like, because it's after she learns about Clint. I was like, is this is meant to be Hilma off Clint, like, as, like, an apparition that she's projected or whatever. Because um, once you see her,
1: she's like a lady, but you don't see her face until after she's already heard of uh,
0: the artist, Homer. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then you see like the, that that same ghost jpeg following her around at other places. Yes, yes. Um and yeah, no, that's not like it does not go to an the, I definitely thought uh, that, that we were going to get the classic thing where 2 thirds of the way through you learn about the secret ghost history. Uh, <laughs> because that's 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 the that, common thing in movies. Uh but this gonna be true. Yeah. Well, it's
0: weird cuz the, the first time she sees the ghost, it's like she's like she's obviously like afraid of her like for her safety, but it's like so like she sees a ghost and it's like so unremarked upon other than she like cowers in the corner. I'm like, is this meant to be like a frightener's turn where she's always seen ghosts. Like when she says she's a medium, she really means it. Like she's just seen like hundreds of ghosts in her life. Uh, I
1: guess. <laughs> yeah.
0: But like that, it doesn't play like that the rest of the movie. No. It's just that, that one moment because the ghost is so kind of like anticlimactic, right? Like, it is just a, a lady in a weird JPEG, and she, like, flips out of the room and barfs, Ectoplasm and it flies out a window. I'm like, what? What's happened? This ghost is silly. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of, like, how the Frighteners is. Michael J. Fox is like, oh, I'm a ghost investigator. I was like, no, you're not. And then it turns out he just hangs out with ghosts all day. <laughs> that's a good um, movie. Yeah, that is a good movie. Um, classic Peter Jackson. He's yeah. His one Hollywood turn before he made Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um... And, uh, yeah, that, the ambiguities of that stuff is weird. I like that it never resolves. I just enjoy a movie that's kind of like a couple conflicting moods and you just watch it for an hour and a half and then that's it. Movie's over. Yeah. Mm.
1: yeah. I just liked one of those moods much more than the other one.
0: Yes. Fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like three or four of them. I like the personal shopper stuff. I liked the grief stuff. I think the ghost stuff is corny and the, the erotic thriller is t- genuinely bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> why is that there?
2: <laughs> yeah. Why is it there? Uh, yeah. But I, whereas I was definitely, I I thought the ghost stuff was really uh, interesting and like not at all corny. <laughs> I was like, well, she has proof of an afterlife, but she's still not. Yeah, I mean, because it because
0: it like kind of dissolves into the other thing, it like never goes anywhere. Like I would like to if if the movie went hard into that stuff, I'd be more probably a little more into it. But Mm. uh, it gets kind of superseded by the grief stuff. I think is a little more like the grief and identity stuff, which I think is a little more interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's the question. I don't think Jackson can answer this because uh, I've never seen it from Jackson. Maybe someone knows. Why does everyone uh, text with a space before their question marks?
1: No one does. Half the letterbox reviews are about how insane this is. Okay, uh, <laughs>
2: good, because that drove me nuts. <laughs>
1: Uh like literally everyone's like, why is she fucking putting a space before her? she didn't do it all the time? She, <laughs> she, does, do some she of the, time. the only
0: time she doesn't do it is when she asks uh if it, she goes, Lewis, question mark. But every other time there's a space, the other guy does it back to her. I'm like, what is what is this a French thing? What the fuck is <laughs> yeah, <happening>? I really <laughs>
2: thought it was a European thing for a second. No. It's just weird.
0: <laughs> I'm glad everyone also goes, What the fuck is happening here?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you just don't do that. You don't do that in English. You just don't do that. It was really weird to see an iPhone with accorded head like corded headphones coming out of it. I was like, what's what?
1: There <laughs> are ways in which this movie feels like still true because of the like the, yes. the way it it. But then there's like just specific technology things like the fucking Skype jump scare. Uh, <laughs> you know, like yeah. oh 2016 was so many years ago. Also <laughs> yeah. uh, getting the fucking Eurostar to St. Pancras. I know that still exists, but uh man, that's a real pre Brexit thing. Oh, you I mean, just go from Paris to London, like you can do. Yeah,
2: yeah, that makes me sad.
0: Um, but her just like her learning about a thing and then looking it up on the on YouTube. That's real. That's me every day.
2: Yep, same. That, that's life. I think I watched that home of, of Clint. No, <laughs> it's not real. But
1: ignoring I, your boyfriend to watch your YouTube videos of your fixation is the truest expression of what <laughs> it is like to be uh, going through it. I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah
0: yeah that stuff is not very good uh kirsten stewart um because i know that everyone likes her like i knew this movie came out and everyone's like oh she's really good in it um but I hadn't, I realized watching this, I was like, man, she is really good in this. Uh, I hadn't seen her in anything since Snow White and the Huntsman in 2012. Oh, really? And I, I, like, I understood that she'd become an actor that has, like, a lot of respect on when she's in projects. But I hadn't seen anything. And Snow White and the Huntsman, fucking terrible movie. Probably not her fault. That's just a bad movie up and down. Um, but I had ne- I'd been, like, not seen her in anything since then. Because I didn't see the last, like, Twilight movies. I saw the first two. And this was before I became a person who would appreciate watching the rest of the Twilight saga. I should probably do that for my own sake. I hate um, those
2: movies, but.
0: <laughs> I, she- I have i have space in my heart for a certain type of trash that those represent mm-hmm. um anyway uh she's a goodness i know she worked with uh Esaias in that other movie uh clouds of seal maria which i'd like to watch at some point
2: me too um, it sounds really interesting
0: yeah um and generally i was like man she's uh she is uh i mean she's holding the entire movie on be like looking kind of haunted and sad and i think she does a really good job that's she, like one of those thankless roles <laughs> she does
2: that in the movie underwater which was a really good movie i don't know if people saw that one i don't remember what year it came out
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: like 2018 maybe
0: 2020 underwater
2: 2020? is a 2020 film Oh okay i saw it in the theater so my timeline is all screwy uh okay. but yeah that that was a good one she's mm-hmm. good in that that's a fun one and i like the okay. charlie's angels uh
0: movie she did i forgot you you were like did you ever watch the charlie's angels and i was like i forgot that fucking happened i, I saw that
2: in the theater it. too there was a period <laughs> in my life where all my queer friends were dragging me to all the case stew movies so we saw a handful
0: <laughs> uh fair enough <laughs> Yeah, I didn't see that. I saw Charlie's Angels. I have seen Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. I have not seen Charlie's see, Angels Twenty Nineteen.
2: I've never seen those. Those are uh, those uh, older ones. <laughs> oh, those are like
0: corny those classics.
2: Fucking, yeah. Oh, I'm
0: sure. I, mean, bad. I remember the Dusty Child bad. song. I just because there's there's no such thing as a good McGee movie. <laughs> that's the thing. The McGee makes
1: terrible fucking movies. So any yeah. like but fun trash. I think the they're probably they're
0: probably my favorite McGee movies that I've seen. Oh, that's yeah, that's my favorite one. What to look, else has he done? Balls. Terminator, Terminator Salvation. Salvation.
2: <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> Which is a fucking terrible, awful movie. I haven't One seen this. the, the last first seen time I life. saw
2: it. And I remember liking it, but that was, pro- I was probably being uncritical.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes
1: yes terminator salvation is so. Bad.
0: either you're wrong or you are uncritical those yeah, are options i'm
2: pretty sure i was uncritical like i was just like i had fun it was a little popcorn movie i haven't uh re-watched any of the terminator movies so i'm not really thinking about the timeline here uh i definitely like the one wasn't there like two after it
0: yeah i genesis and then dark fate i haven't seen dark fate yet oh
2: yeah i enjoyed both of those i like genesis a lot genesis is
0: always thinking about the terminator timeline but only in the stupidest ways possible
1: (laughs) matt smith's hollywood turn
0: yeah they they jump between all the terminator timelines in that movie and i'm like yeah absolutely let's fucking go
1: there's only one terminator timeline i don't understand how this happens
0: well, they, they, like, go into 19, 1984, and then they go to the other time, like, into 1997, and so, like, they're in Terminator Terminator 1, and then they're in Terminator 2, and then they're in 2017, the modern time.
1: Okay, because I'm like, I thought there was only one Terminator timeline. I thought that was the whole well, yeah, point but of like, Terminator. They
0: literally, tra- they literally, like, go back to Kyle Reese time, and then they go forward into Terminator 2 time. <laughs>
1: They're just cutting between. Two th- do, do they do they go to 2003? Or do they pretend that no, one did do not, not happen? No, they do not go to 2003,
0: <laughs> unfortunately.
1: Disappointing for me, the uh, Terminator Rise of the Machines fan out there.
0: No, they go to 2017, where the new OS Skynet is about to be put onto everybody's phones. <laughs> mm. so because wait, now, th- now Skynet is an OS because it's 2017.
1: So they have. Yeah. The, the retconned Rise of the Machines to not happen, but they still made SkyNet happen a different way. Yes. Stupid! Total yeah. franchising is so stupid.
0: Yes. I thought Genesis was really dumb fun. I, I should watch Dark Fate, though. Which I know is even more of like a word, you know, sequel to Should 2.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I, I remember seeing Dark Fate and liking it.
0: Oh, right. Dark Fate is the fucking we did Halloween... Uh, yeah, the, this is Linda Hamilton's buff and fighting guys movie.
1: Yeah. Very funny to do that, like the 30 years on Halloween style, when that was already the plot of a movie called Terminator 2. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The thing
0: is, I, I'm not expecting Terminator to uh, be good about it. Uh, Halloween being the way Halloween is, is so distressing to me. Uh, well, I, not that I not- expect Halloween to be good necessarily. But man, the way those Halloween uh, new movies, I didn't even see the third one. But the first two fucking dire. I hated them so much. Uh, the third yeah, one is bad.
1: It. It's I real tell bad. It. I will not have the same problems because just like it's not a, it's it's not about like I must arm myself to protect my like suburban home from one guy. It is yeah. at least about arming myself to protect the world from nukes. Just a little yeah. different framing wise. Yes.
0: Also, Terminator has never been like Sarah Connor is like a good person for doing this. No, <laughs> In fact, it's, Terminator Two is really explicit about how this makes you an awful person. But sometimes awful people are necessary. <laughs>
1: uh Man, the whole uh, Asylum Escape in Terminator 2, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. One day I will uh, rewatch Terminator 2, because I, I didn't like it back in the day, and the famous Jackson take that you'd think is really annoying, but it's a college Jackson take, so it's meaningless. I can't, I can't say if that's real. Yeah, I
2: kind of feel like about all my college movie takes, like, eh, whatever. I was such an assault. annoying
1: person, contrarian back then, and, you know, I probably wouldn't think that now. That's fair.
0: Uh, Alright, is there anything else for Personal Shopper? Should we get to questions? Let's do them questions. All right. Rick writes in, I was the last person to get in a personal shopper in a rush line the year it premiered at TIFF, because uh, Rick lives in Toronto, and as such had the worst seat in the room. What's the
1: worst seat you've had for a movie? Uh, it was when I was... It just happened to be sitting right at the side on the edge at a te- terrible theater in Bournemouth watching Iron Man 3. Because the yeah. Odeon in Bournemouth had just terrible seats. I just didn't like that theater at all. I, um... Yeah, I think once one movie, I don't even remember what
0: movie it was. It was it, I think I, it was before I was hanging out with Destiny. I was, it was with the other person I used to go to movies with, my old college roommate. Um, I think there was an IMAX movie where we had we had far left, like, front row seats, which is, especially mm. in IMAX, truly the worst time you could ever have.
1: Yeah, that's
0: Ugh. not good. Um, I will say, because I'm annoying to go to movies with back when i went to movies whenever i would go with friends who're like oh we sit in the back like against the like last, like the last two rows so i was like why even go to the movies i'm never going to the movies with you again
2: thank you i hate that too <laughs> i hate that too but i also hate and this is where what my answer is i don't like anytime i'm like in the front row
1: i, I sit used to be in the middle front front in row. the yeah. direct middle of the cinema as close to as possible and they fucking charge extra for those seats now because they I know like
0: i like to be like I like to be like about one third up, like closer to the front than the
1: middle. Yeah. If I have to choose, I would choose further forward, but I'm generally just like middle of the cinema, middle of the screen. Um, That's where I'm going. Yeah, center. Center. Otherwise, what are you doing? Yeah. 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 I mean, If I can't get get
0: center seats in the world where I reserve seats, I'm going to a different showing.
1: That's (laughs) how I am as well. Like I'll I'll usually be able to, I would say 99% of times I've gone to the cinema, uh, I've got center seats because I'm very rarely going to like sold out shows. Yeah. Um, usually if I'm going to show it'll be like uh, middle of the day there's like five other people there uh, and so I get decent enough seats Um, occasionally I've been like (sighs) I did not have that great seats when I went to see fucking Avengers Infinity War at midnight which I should not have done Um, god I my sister's boyfriend or husband now but boyfriend at the time was was going and I'd, I'd moved up here like suddenly so I didn't have anything to do so I was like oh I'll go with you and then yeah. I shouldn't have done that because then I'm like with the Marvel people and they were like emotionally ro- devastated and I'm like this is one of the worst movies I've seen in my life you're all fucking fools and <laughs> rude and I can't say that on the drive home that's rude um if you could add a B
0: plot about a ghost or a haunting to any film which film is getting a bit spookier
2: um I think the virgin suicides could have really used like a ghost uh sister. Just either like before the start of the movie or later in the film after the first suicide happens, just bring her back. Just spooky. Just it already has that picnic and hanging rock vibe. Might as well just lean into it. Okay.
0: Jackson Broadcast News. Ooh. <laughs> That'd be fun. Do you have any idea what the ghost is, or you just think that's a good answer?
1: Uh I don't know. I just think the uh, you know, the in the movie is already basically haunted all the time. Uh okay. that it, it just like fits thematically to me if she's also seeing a ghost. Man, just make her go through it even worse.
0: Damn. That's pretty good. Um Hmm. I this one's hard because I'm like I have a lot of like jokey answers. Like I'll sister act. What if you put a ghost in Sister Act? What if it was, what if it was, uh, what's his face? From Ghost in Sister Act. What if? Patrick Sweezy is here, <laughs> menacing this <laughs> nun, who's not actually a nun. Um, but I don't know if I have a great, good answer. I was like, how do you fit a ghost
1: in a Citizen Kane? Um, that's, I don't know how you fit a ghost in Citizen Kane. What if, what if the thing that, what if,
0: what if the thing that, uh, Kane is haunted by is his own future ghost?
1: I mean, it, it is, <laughs> like, that you just like, in,
0: like an interstellar way. Like, oh, it's like me from the future interacting, like at the moment of my death, interacting with me at all times. Uh, the ghost was like, don't, uh, don't
1: instigate world war. <laughs> and it, he's it like, is. damn, I won't. That's already, that's just, that's just the themes of Citizen Kane that you're literalizing. That's already what Citizen Kane's about. <laughs> I know. What if the
0: third man was a ghost? What if he wasn't real?
2: I that then. oh i love the third man
0: rushmore oh damn who's the ghost in rushmore it's um, edward appleby okay
1: i guess it is yeah
0: sure. what if what if uh lost in translation it turns out that um she's a ghost the entire time
1: Ooh. but the movie is otherwise exactly the same yeah it's exactly the same it's just turns out
0: he's taking out the ghost who lives on like floor 12 or whatever
1: uh yeah
0: she just hangs around her underwear all day, because that's what ghosts do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know how to say your username, Freckled Wonder. <laughs> I guess it's, oh, there it is when I said it. It finally made sense, Freckled Wonder. All right, then, because this is someone from Discord. While watching Night Skibiria last week, I couldn't shake the feeling it felt so familiar, despite having never seen it. Then I learned the screenplay was adapted into the musical Sweet Charity that uh, became a Bob Fosse's freshman film. What is your favorite example of an adaptation of the wild take on the source material? Dusty, you would seen Sweet Charity.
2: Yeah. And didn't I didn't well, bring
0: it up last time.
2: I didn't bring it up because neither of you have seen Sweet Charity. And also, I was like, no, that's just a coincidence. <laughs> when when uh, she got pushed in the m- river at the beginning of the movie, I was like, that's very Sweet Charity. And then I just kind of dismissed it. <laughs> But they're so different, you know, the vibes are just so different. One is a Bob Fozzie musical, damn it.
0: <laughs> yes, that's and,
2: true. And, and uh, Shirley MacLaine is just a different vibe than uh, the the uh, Fellini wife, whose um, <laughs> name I can't remember all of a sudden.
0: <laughs> but uh,
1: Fair enough.
2: Uh, what's your wild adaptation answer?
1: Um, I mean, we both like Dragon Ball Evolution a little bit more than anyone else uh despite being you know we'd like the real dragon ball but uh it's a stupid movie it's fun i don't know <laughs> um
0: my answer is uh the one answer i always give when i get this question which is a uh, a woman a gun in a noodle shop the 2009 uh, shang yi mu adaptation of blood simple what I- if the coen brothers blood simple took place in uh you know wuxia style china <laughs> i've always wanted to see that because i love blood simple it's fucking wild. I mean, it's like it's just a pretty straight adaptation of *Blood Simple*, but the reframing is uh, super cool. <laughs>
2: um, the movie for my answer is *The Whiz*, which
0: I know I've never seen *The Whiz*.
2: The it was a childhood staple for me, and I didn't know it was a commercial flop when it came out and was really terribly reviewed. I assumed this movie was beloved from the start. I just think it's weird that somebody was like, you know, we should really blacken up. This is *The Wizard of Oz*? <laughs>
1: I can never, I can never watch The Wiz due to cringe in my history. Why? Why? The fucking like musical theater group I did did The Wiz like, and there was like you know 99% white kids doing The Wiz. What? <laughs> what?
2: How do you even do that? Do they just wear blackface? What are you
1: do? No, we didn't. We didn't like fucking blackface up, but we just did the songs from The Wiz in a performance. Literally, we well, were picking the music, and we in The Wiz. I Diesel was the fucking down. lion, Diesel by down. the way. I was the lion in oh the Wiz. Oh my
0: god, that's funny. <laughs>
1: How, how much mean, like blackness
0: is in the Wiz? I, like, it, like in the adaptation, I haven't seen the Wiz. I haven't seen the musical. I haven't seen the movie. Wait, what are you saying? What are you asking? Like, how much is like blackness inherent to the Wiz's adaptation? It's of the about
2: Oz? a black Dorothy and a, going to the Wiz or Oz. Everyone is black. Michael Jackson is a scarecrow. Diana Ross is Dorothy. Oh a Nipsey God. Russell is there. Uh, it's a black movie. It's an all-black movie.
0: <laughs> directed by
1: Sidney Lumet. Yep, directed by Sidney Lumet. <laughs> and you have to understand, we did not like play to a soundtrack. We played to one guy on a piano, so That's it was amazing. the Wiz on piano. Uh, this sounds great,
0: actually. This is incredible. <laughs> with
1: all the fucking white fifteen-year-olds out there, <laughs> he's on down. He's on down the road. <laughs> Yeah, you want to hear the widest version of on Down the Road uh, ever performed <laughs> on, on Fleet Street London, I got you covered, in 2009. They did, we did fucking ragtime the next year, so I don't know what the fuck was up with the people choosing the musicals, because we didn't choose the musicals, the kids didn't choose the musicals, the, the adults did. Uh, so yeah, the whiz on ragtime two years in a row for the, the widest um, musical group I've ever been in my life are ridiculous.
2: The thing about the Wiz, though, is not only is it an all-black Wizard of Oz adaptation about a woman from a twenty-four-year-old schoolteacher from Harlem being transported to the land of Oz, it's also really dark and dramatic in a way that the Wizard of Oz is not. It's just really weird. Like it's a weird movie. I don't know. I really like it. Like when she gets to Oz, that that color sequence, uh, about every singing about all the different colors and that flashy disco number is like one of my favorite things, and I remember it very well from my childhood. But Uh, It's a weird movie. It's very weird.
0: (laughs) Um, All right. Uh, From Joseph. Uh, This is about specifically the ending. Uh, Kristen Stewart goes that desert reason hotel. When I first watched, it, I thought she went to Algeria, uh, which might have been a comment on France's imperial history. Uh, But according to Wikipedia, it's actually Oman. Yeah, it's very. They say Oman a lot, uh, which is colonized, but not specifically by the French. How does this travel scene ending beyond France change the way the audience understands the capitalist ghosts of the movie?
2: i didn't think there were uh, any capitalist ghosts in the movie
1: but okay <laughs> uh yeah i didn't i did not necessarily read it That uh, there obviously the movie is about capitalism in that she's being exploited by her boss Isaac, who's rich mm-hmm. um i mean the, the
0: thing for me is like both her and her boyfriend exist in like this very high class international service industry right yes. where she she's a personal shopper who can take a day trip to london to get four thousand dollars in bags right you, to go
1: bring back so uh, while that was true right like like she does do that uh, yeah the actual thing that hit me as someone who lives in london is her getting to st Pancras and immediately getting in a black cab i was like what are you doing You get a fucking bus you crazy person you she's not getting get in a, bus. a black bus. and i understand oh it's because all oh, right because of she's the, the the uh you know rich person paying for it, but it's such a disconnect from all things rich person thing to do. Well, there's not even a rich person thing to do because the rich person would have like a chauffeur, right? Like, but it's just a yes. weird thing that you only do when you're in this like fake service class. of yes. you're rich compared to everyone else, uh, but you just live in this like you know nebulous hell where with, you don't know anyone. Yeah, so much of her richness is just things are
0: paid for her. Not that she is making bank, but that her, you know, her home is provided. She gets to go on these trips that are paid for stuff like, like, you know, she gets to give the receipts of all the cabs she took. She literally says, like, I have receipts of the cabs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Um. And, and her strange. husband or, or sorry, not her boyfriend is doing like tech support for like important foreign people who are setting up their like, you know, their servers and technology companies. So he is like traveling to places, working for very important people, who have a lot of money and probably getting paid very well. But like he is also living in like a tiny house that he never sees because he works 20 hours a day setting up a fucking
1: server. Right. <laughs> Well, he likes to, because he's like, look at me on the beach out here yeah. on the sea. And then when she goes there, she's like in her own little fucking tiny place. Yes. Uh, where he's And he's not busy. there because he's busy working. Yeah. Um, I do think like the central theme of this movie is like this weird nebulous class of, by all like monetary measures, like rich right but still yeah. working class in working class meaning like relations of like employers, yes. right like their entire existence is defined by these employers and what those employers need is these weird like young rich presenting and like socially mobile people that have no freedom in like their actual choices yes um uh i don't necessarily like i don't know sitting here how i'm gonna like tie that in with the the grief stuff other than it just says that like she's constantly alienated by her like real world thing so yes. fixated yeah, fixated yeah. on on the, her brother
0: yeah i mean part of the reason like the ghost stuff is
1: there's space for it to have credences
0: because she basically is like in a dream world where she might as well be a ghost right she doesn't yes. she has no personhood uh, like outside of her tasks
1: yeah but i don't think they like I, I don't read uh lewis and the ghost stuff as being like part of the the capitalist let's like tell her like no. escape from that right that's her way out also uh, i just don't
0: think this movie is about like con- Like, populism. i don't think it is explicitly no. yeah, anti-capitalist about like the french life i think it likes pretty spaces that are empty and kind of haunted
1: yeah it's and sort the sort of class of people about. like
0: buy like really allow you to languish in that without just making it about like the idle rich right
1: yeah um it's it's like aware about because if she was actually rich it'd be a very different movie right yeah uh this is she'd so be French. on the
0: one on bed doing yoga stretches as she's yelling at her eight lawyers on the phone about she needs those gorillas tranked and brought down to the press immediately <laughs>
1: it's a fucking gorilla phone call <laughs> <laughs> she just needs to say one thing about how you got to t- take these things back you can't just like decide arbitrarily when i've already made the arrangements
0: yeah she just stole
1: those pants those pants aren't released yet that lady is gonna get fired yeah yeah but uh <laughs> it's r- ridiculous yeah this movie's so um, French. This movie's so fucking French. They're like 10 minutes and when it's like, Christmas. Stewart, you will be taking your tits out. I was like, ah, oh, the French. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Crystal writes in, what movie would be genuinely improved by watching with motion smoothing on?
1: Uh, none. I'm, I, can't, I can't. I have even, no answer uh, for any this. reasons. I, none. I
0: don't think there's a single one. I uh, mean, so here's the thing is like, I, I agree because motion smoothing is like. I like some movies that are shot for like smooth. Yes, fragrance. this is the thing is like, I was going to say. Well, I saw all three Hobbit movies in high frame rate and they were bad. That's because the Hobbit movies movies. are bad. Um, I saw... um, Gemini Man. Yeah, I I saw Hugo in high frame rate. I saw Gemini Man in high frame rate. Um, I don't think Pina 3D was in high frame rate. That was just a 3D documentary. But I think like if high frame rate had become more credible, I think specifically like documentaries about dance, sports, racing would work incredibly well in high frame rate. You know, um, the I'm, thing that, like, shooting a thing that moves fast in a higher frame rate, like, it, it dispels the aura of cinema, right? Because, like, that's the thing everyone reacts to is because your brain processes 24 a second of cinema, and its high frame rate looks unreal. But those things... Uh, will be better represented on film
1: just as objects to watch when it's faster. But doing it for the Hobbit doesn't make any fucking sense. I mean, let well, like that's why motion smoothing really exists. The thing it's actually selling, right? The thing yeah. that is on the TV for is because when you go into a TV shop, the sports are there on full brightness, like playing football, right? The TVs yes. play sports. Yes, uh, and that's how. That's what the settings you use to make sports fucking pop. Yes. Um, they do why why do they don't shoot they don't sports?
0: sports at 60 frames a second right now? I have no idea.
1: Do they not? I thought some of them did. Uh, maybe I, they do.
0: Maybe I don't watch sports. I, so I I maybe like they it's do. I coming
1: in. Um, okay. But I don't know for sure. I know that like Steins trying to do it in, in like 4K. I don't know. Like there's a there's a stratification in depending on what sports are being covered and where where yeah. it's being broadcasted. Um but I I feel like that's generally where the like that's where that tech's going first. Yeah. Yeah. And I that, that's why
0: documentaries are things I go to. Like things that are happening in real life that are true in camera. You can't you you know, it doesn't matter if the 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 magic of cinema is dispelled because you're looking at a thing that is just real. Mm-hmm. Um you know, like Cave of Forgotten Dreams, famous uh 3D, Herzog Doc, uh was in 3D, great in 3D, wouldn't make sense to shoot that high frame rate. But Pina 3D, which is about a dance, uh, you know, uh famous choreographer, uh would absolutely be benefited by high frame rate because it's just people dancing. <laughs> Yes, but motion smoothing itself, uh, you know, not. You want you want the thing to be representative of like the, the filmmaker's vision. Um, I want
1: the thing to be accurate to the source. I'm fine with the source changing, right, and doing yeah. more interesting things. But I don't like motion smoothing. I think the the TV should not be deciding for me. Fuck off. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. Zach writes in after recently watch rewatching the Terminal, Tom Hanks. I was thinking of all the different kinds of liminal spaces someone might be forced to live in uh what liminal space do you think you would have the best or worst time surviving in if you were trapped there uh well i just want to say i'd be bad on all of them
1: um me too but i <laughs> but I, I do think an airport would be the best one for it has the widest range of shit you can do uh and places to stay like does a mall count as liminal space yes Does really? it? i think of the mall is my answer Okay. Well, in, I would not, not, not actually, but in this definition of like airports and hotels yeah, and everything, yeah, yeah. I would count malls in there. Well, yeah, because
0: um, like there's like liminal space in its original concrete examples, which is like hallway, like, you know, it is a transitional space from one thing to another that have no concrete use other than being the space between spaces. But it, now it means something broader. Like a hotel is not a liminal space. The hallways in hotels can be liminal spaces, but a hotel is like where you go and stay it has a very concrete purpose. Yes.
1: Yeah, I get but kind in, of in like confused. the modern like
0: creepy vaporwave videos, backroom space, hotels and airports and malls absolutely count as. In spaces. the
1: spirit of this question of living somewhere that you're meant to leave, I I have to assume in this this question it means you're not living in the room of a hotel because obviously yeah. if I could just live in the room of a hotel, <clears throat> people do people just live yeah. in live hotel. In hotels, that's yes. easy. That's that's one of the places you can live. That one mm. I assume it means like living in a hotel lobby is my is yeah my, yeah, yeah like is, a, is a waiting, waiting room that. at the doctor's or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, the worst one is obviously
0: the back rooms. Don't get trapped there. That'd be Don't terrible. Yes, Go. That's because it was
1: made up to be bad.
0: <laughs> yes, but it is, it's the obvious answer for that. Uh like I, I think I, I think if, if you want a real space that would be bad, um, that counts in the modern sense, I think it would be like a locker room with like, you know, like a like in a pool or like a gym.
1: Oh, that's bad. That'd be so fucking bad.
2: <laughs> I would yes. hate like a parking garage. Does a parking Wouldn't garage it... count? Ooh,
1: yes, a parking garage absolutely counts. These suggestions are all like broader than that, though. They're all like places that still have like food rights well yeah Uh, you assume there's some way to sort to like eat yeah and sleep and everything yeah um sleep might be just on the ground but assume you have a blanket i guess uh right but like the 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 reason the airport works so well is because it is expected that people may against their will due to like cancellations be trapped there for longer than a day so there Mm -hmm. are the facilities to survive for longer than a day however uh doing there for longer than like a week is not expected so they like it's the fact that it is technically possible and supported because you need it for to support like the normal version of that yeah. mm-hmm. uh that makes it uh so crazy long term that's the thing with the terminal and the, the guy that lived there for 20 years
0: yeah yeah, the part with the terminal is based on a real man. You're like, fuck, that guy was a weirdo. Terminal does not represent the part how much that guy. Oh, was, that like, guy's a such
1: a weirdo, and the way he would like, get out and go back. Yeah, uh, yeah, learning about that guy is like sad, but also interesting. Didn't he he's die there? Like he died. Re- he died recently. He died there. Think- yeah, at the airport. He di- he Did he die there? I thought he. I don't think got he out there. And then yeah, he tried to go point. Point. back, but died. At the yeah, hospital. he wanted to
0: come back, and I don't. Think- they were like, no, there's no stop it.
1: Oh. Okay. They were like, please stop bringing this fucking guy back to the the airport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he was um, really
0: bought into the idea of being the guy who lived at the airport. So Well,
1: he had a movie made about him at that point. So at that point, yeah. I'm like, that's my fucking airport. I, I'm with him on his, on his, on his side. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get Tom Hanks to play you in the airport, you own that airport at that point. That's, that's the, the rules of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, Klaus writes in, besides Knights of Cabrera's
0: Sweet Charity, which film covered on Reptory screenings would you just most like to have seen turn into a 60s Bob Fosse musical? You are not bound by time, obviously
2: my answer is bound because that would be the sexiest thing in the world
0: okay <laughs> that's not a bad answer thank you uh, mm. my answer goes all the way back to traffic ratio but it's antichrist <laughs> <laughs> that'd be so funny <laughs> yes <laughs> one it's a movie i just love um i understand uh Lars run trip problematic figure at this point but i truly love antichrist um and uh a musical version of that is unhinged just truly like no one should come up with this idea but i I would watch the shit out of it um the wages of Fear. Ooh, (laughs) (laughs) that's ridiculous i like it though uh if you could capture the tension of wages of fear but in a musical that'd be the greatest movie ever made
1: with those, well, like, I, I, slick I feel like was, moves. I feel like yeah. it would tip over into Ridiculous Camp instead, but I like the idea that you're still trying to capture the essence of Wages of Fear in your version. Yeah. Fossey would. That, that'd be his whole thing. Like, I gotta
2: get that tension. Watching,
0: watching men in tight pants pirouette over the side of that bridge with the cars <laughs> backing up on. Yeah, I'd watch the fuck out of that. you kidding me?
2: <laughs>
0: um, and then uh, we have Tron uh, with a couple questions. Let's see. Um... Has anyone ever tried an expensive dress, shoe, piece of jewelry?
2: When I dated. No, this oh, go it. on. Sorry.
0: No, go no, go ahead.
2: I dated a New Yorker a million years ago. And when I went to New York City. And she dragged me to the most expensive she store. She was rich, too. She yeah. was loaded. And like.
1: <laughs> I feel like the being rich is more important than the story than being a New Yorker.
2: <laughs> well, like. And like just took me to these stores and had me try on stuff and i'm like i I, i'm not gonna buy any of
0: this (laughs) um god do i i like the most expensive piece of clothing i own i have like i have i have a pair of boot like uh like chelsea boots are like almost 200 dollars. i think that's the most expensive piece of clothing i own
2: Oh, is that the question? What most expensive clothing Well, you have you ever tried
0: on expensive dress? I'm just saying, like, my limit for what is expensive is, like, I own one shirt that was like cost me, like, $130 that I bought because I really like the colors. Um, that was way, That's a lot of money. And I mm-hmm. had those boots. And everything else is pretty normal.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I have a couple of dresses that were almost $100. I don't think I have anything more
0: than that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think my I winter coat have... I spent, like, $140 on. But it's, you know, it's a nice, big, heavy coat.
1: Mm. Yeah, mine, I have, like, a a coat that costs about maybe 40 quid but that's that's my <laughs> I'm, I'm real cheap on mine
0: um i uh, yeah i be uh because i have to dress for work a little nicer and also i d- hate buying things that break i just try to spend up a little more but with like do some research good things gonna last 10 years that's oh yeah,
1: this is absolutely like because i well COVID's happened and i work at home uh yes. i need like some some comfortable clothes to sit around in at home, and yes. like uh, some easy tractors to go for walks in. Uh, yes. And my needs for like, I need to get dressed up because I'm going to a place. Uh, since 2020, have been very, very limited. A little more before that, right? I'm not like a shut-in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I'm no, not like today like, i was just wearing up.
0: jeans and a fucking uh, WWE shirt I bought 20 years ago, not 20 years yeah. ago. This would change <laughs> like, if I ha- if
1: I went back to an office, right? This would immediately yeah. change, and I'd be like, all right, I just yeah, got yeah. to get some fucking shirts in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Once I once I went to work, um, it's like business casual, but I was like, I. Uh, Will never wear a polo again, um, because I think it's giving up (laughs) in terms of masculine fashion. I think a polo is giving up, so I bought a a lot of nice button ups, but they're fucking
1: expensive. Um, I was about to say I agree, then I realized I'm wearing a polo shirt. So, (laughs) but I generally, I I always used to be my my always used to be like a t shirt and an open shirt. That was my my usual. Which I doesn't. He doesn't fly in business casual, unfortunately. No, but that was how
0: I lived for many many years. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Any more questions?
0: Um, oh, have any of you ever known or talked to a murderer? I don't think that's... I have not. No, I have not. I I've talked to criminals, not murderers. Yeah. Um, Maybe. What would you do... Oh, go what, ahead.
2: What if someone... What, like I don't know. I haven't kept that oh, yeah, sure. my school. It's <laughs> possible
0: I've talked to a murderer and don't know it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah.
2: I was going to say, I, I've i definitely talked to like guys who ended up in
1: prison later, but not for murder. <laughs> there, is a, there is a guy who went to my school who... I would believe, is a murderer. <laughs> 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 but we um, just don't know. I don't know what happened to him afterwards. He probably didn't, but who could say? The things he did <laughs> while he was at school were already bad enough.
0: <laughs> uh, what would you do if a person close to you died, tried to contact you after death, or run away?
2: I would be so into that. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. One, I get proof of an afterlife. Two, I get to hang out with my mom again? <laughs> I'm about it. As long as she's not scary about
0: it. What if she's scary about it? What if she's barfing ectoplasm at you?
2: If she's barfing ectoplasm at me, I probably would still try to talk to her, but I'd be scared out of my mind.
1: Okay. I and this is ludicrous answer to me because I know you're like oh I don't know if ghosts exist but if they did I'd be terrified of them and run away that makes no sense to me. I, I'm the other way where I'm like I'm pretty confident there is no afterlife uh, which makes me very depressed. So if if I did get contacted by a family member after death I'd be very happy. That would be generally uh, the thing. Is, the I'm thing with. is that that most of my ghost feelings are because I grew
0: up watching a lot of horror movies so I find ghosts terrifying. I would like the minute that the faucets start turning on in that old house I'm
1: fucking out of there. I'm going. Yeah. I'm going somewhere
0: else. I'm never coming back. You're this not does wrong. Not say
1: what if you were haunted by a fucking joker ghost that says what if a person close to you tried to contact you?
0: Like
2: if I died and then I'm like okay M I'm turning on some faucets.
1: <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm fucking
0: leaving.
2: Even if it's That's me not I'm not gonna hurt you I just wanna say hi.
0: No. Yeah. I'm leaving.
2: See, I'm, in, I'm into it. I'm. I'm gonna I'm put wish. something gross
0: in front of the door that you won't go. It's like destiny hates germs. So if I put trash in front of the door, she won't come through the doorway. <laughs>
1: Make the doorknob distra- sticky, and I won't. Yeah, I won't.
0: yeah. I'm gonna lick the doorknob, <laughs> and she won't touch it. I'm gonna distract
1: this ghost with uh, the Sims. <laughs> yeah.
0: I uh, no, no no no. I don't want any of that. Thank you. <laughs> If you know me and you die, don't contact me, please. If
2: you know me and you die, just like tap my toe in the night or something. Don't That's, be. That will, no. not, that will <laughs> not. Send me a written
1: message of some <laughs> description. You are
0: you are too heavy of a sleeper for this. <laughs> this will not wake you up.
2: <laughs> come to my dreams. Don't come into my waking life to terrify me.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, no, no ghosts. <laughs> All right, that's it for questions. If you'd like to send questions, you can send them to normal Mapping Podcast at gmail.com. We love them. Not just about the movies we're covering, but any old movie you want to write about or movie stuff, you know. adjacent. I mean, you oh. can send about anything else. They'll just get they'll go into a different podcast. Whatever one makes most sense. Maybe um, questions. Yeah, if you send move mu- if you send music questions, they go nowhere because we don't have a music podcast. So. I'll give them. I'll give them to. I'll give them to you and Molly to do on every score, which we'll never <laughs> record again.
1: Uh, they're putting out another book at some point.
0: Yeah, they keep saying.
1: All right, Jackson, what are we watching next time? Next time we are watching "Good Night and Good Luck," the 2005 George Clooney movie. No, oh, okay, oh, all right, yeah. I just wanted to watch it. I don't know. You've not seen this before. No. Okay.
2: Yeah. Man, I saw this thing came I've out. I've seen it. I, I like it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> There's been a thing going around, I mean, going around of, like, George Clooney is only directs, like, the most boring movies in the world. Maybe that's true now, but Good Night, Good Luck is
1: good boring. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I, I mean, I see that's been true since, like, The Monuments Men. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I want to say we watched that together, M, Did we watch Good Night, Good Luck together?
0: No, it was 2005. I didn't know you then.
2: No, I feel like we watched it together,
0: though, later, though. I might have shown it to you but I saw that movie with Adam and uh cuz of course we I watched it. I think you showed it to me. I want to yeah, say I, you showed I, you introduced very me to Very absolutely a thing I would have done in 2011 when we were just getting like hanging out was you need to see this movie about fucking uh Edward Murrow and McCarthyism because that's who I was in 2011. <laughs> <laughs> very important that you watch this one.
2: Yeah, I want to say that's when I watched it, but I'm not exactly sure. Anyway, excited to rewatch.
0: Yeah. It's good and reassess it's a extremely jackson movie also it's very funny
1: <laughs> yeah i've had it recommended i wanted to watch it uh and I was like, let's, let's pick that yeah um yeah I, I know that generally people do not respect joyce cleaning as a director these days but no but that okay. movie's good i mean maybe maybe i'll rewatch
0: and go like this is fucking terrible but i doubt it i think i'll just think it's kind of funny because it's one of those like you know it's really important for the press to speak truth to power and it's edward murrow you know doing the news
1: i didn't realize it was a doing the news movie i just had it on a night of like i want to watch the movie uh so I, I
2: really liked men who Sarah at goats are we looking at george Clooney's That's filmography
1: the, he did not direct oh did you not direct he that not direct okay that. he's just in it okay yeah. He directed Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, Good Night and Good Luck, Le- Leatherheads, The Ides of March, The Monuments Men, Suburbicon, The Midnight Sky, The Tender Bar, and The Boys in the Boat, which is a fake movie. The Boys in the Boat. <laughs> yeah, the, the one, people are making fun of The Boys in the Boat. Recently. That's a fake I've fucking seen... movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's based on a true story. Oh, it's even faker then. Oh.
2: So I okay, guess I, I haven't get it. seen any of his other movies.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Uh. Well. Okay uh yeah uh plugs destiny
2: at fridge buzz now and um in most places most places and then my other podcast battling girls we'll be cooking something up in 2024 you keep an eye out
1: yeah jackson i am at headfalls off on twitter and co-host and wherever else you can find me uh, you can find the podcast we do abnormal mapping.com
0: uh, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore If you'd like to support our work, you can do that. at Patreon.com. $5 a month gets you uh, blockbusters every month. Now that we're back, we're going to have the fugitive coming up. Uh, what did we do last month before the fugitive?
1: G.I. Joe's Rise of Cobra.
0: Oh, yeah, that was, was very good. <laughs> uh, but if you go into our backlog, a lot of great movies there. Um, and there's other stuff at other tiers besides, but that's the movie relevant one. Sometimes VoIP life's about movies, but it uh, I mean I actually VoIP Life was about movies like a couple episodes in a row. So there's a lot of movie VoIP lifes out there.
1: You're gonna be motivated.
0: Yeah. Um that's it. Thanks everybody. Uh if you liked the show, share it, retweet the pod write in all those things Write and review on itunes anyway until next time movies now more than ever
1: don't expect to like them